Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast, where we discuss latest news about human behavior and the interesting relationship between people and brands. Brain Candy 60. The lockdown was extremely painful, but absolutely necessary. An illusion of self-efficacy. Data supports just one of these statements. Given the same context, the second big wave is rather unlikely. This brain candy tries to edit complexity into concise format, so I'll get my key knowledge quickly and refer to good resources for anyone interested in more depth. Even though there are corona deniers, there is a great deal of fear amongst the European populations. No caution, but fear. Why? Because the media and many politicians love nothing more than COVID-19 at the moment. It is the click and attention turbo par excellence, especially during the silly season. We are reading headlines about once again more new infections. But what else is supposed to happen with a contagious disease? We're hearing about 2,000 infected people at Tunney's, a German meat producer, and implicitly assume lots of deaths, but none were reported. The end of July, the Robert Koch Institute really goes to town with We Are Very Worried. And this is with many false positives through mass testing, which, with low probability of cases, must exceed the real cases. On the 10th of August, the Bavarian head of state said the virus is getting more dangerous. What? The political magazine's focus, we can relieve the shortness of breath, but the fear of death remains. Also focus, the first dog in America has died of COVID. What dog owners need to know now? Of course, nothing. An estimated 3,000 dogs die in Germany every day. Our archaic reptilian brain does not understand the context of the numbers has changed significantly. No wonder absolute numbers are consistently being thrown around as horror figures without showing how relatively small they really are. Instead of a pandemic, we can now talk about case-demic. As the cases are increasing due to many tests, but deaths are not. Luxembourg has become a risk area as a result because they test the most. The anxious are putting pressure on politicians to continue to throw themselves resolutely at every source of the virus. Mr Lauterberg, health expert of the ruling SPD, the telegenic gloom-monger fronting talk shows, is undeterred in his belief, despite the reality being always much better than his pessimistic predictions. An international survey shows that people in Germany overestimate the number of infected people by a factor of 46 and the number of dead by a factor of 300. No further comment required. What do objective data analysis say? And as a market researcher and number cruncher, I am now stunned. There are well-founded analyses with exciting findings that are not widely disseminated. Politics is stuck in the illusion of self-efficiency, not just in Germany. The peak was prevented, the numbers are massively down, so we did everything right. The frightening public collapse. If only it was that simple. A pandemic is a complex situation. Following unprofessional preparation, politicians had to act quickly to contain the predicted huge wave of infection. Now, the nature of complexity is that we cannot figure it out logically. Unlike complicated things like a computer board, the best way to deal with complexity is to do controlled experiments to find out what exactly works. However, people in panic expect the right solutions from politics and science.
preferably all over Europe. That's like wishing for the jackpot in the lottery. In March, I'd expected that politicians understand the experimental nature of what it does and was being proactive. Therefore, inevitability accepts that mistakes were made. I'm not reading anything about that, though. Politicians and their experts claim to have done everything right. The illusion of self-efficiency worries me. When it comes to the start of the school after the summer holidays, there will probably be different approaches and a great deal of fear again. Unfortunately, my feeling is that once again, there is no proper scientific experiment and control being done here. Do the masks at school help when the kids then behave like children after school? Apart from the masks, what tests can be used to contain the certain infection amongst children and stop it in time? To simply close entire schools with just a few cases is a show of incompetence for school principals and authorities. Sweden has incidentally never closed its schools. Thankfully, many independent scientists and number-crunching junkies see the list of worthwhile sources at the end are taking on the knowledge vacuum so far and analysing public data sets for patterns. They are less concerned with forecasts than with understanding. With my background checks, I am sufficiently certain that I have filtered out many analysts with crude opinions and found reliable sources, including a Nobel Prize winner, whose forecast model is spot on and reflects the reality. But let's get one thing straight first. I consider SARS-CoV-2 to be a dangerous virus that I have respect for, but I am not afraid of. I just see it as no longer being as extremely dangerous in reality as it is in the public perception. Let's get to the lockdown. Maybe you're just like me. My feeling was that the lockdown just about got us off the hook with a huge collateral damage. A bitter pill against exponential development. 50,000 tumour operations were postponed in Germany alone. What a drama. Only just before the lockdown, there wasn't any exponential development in Europe, We could not known this yet as the data comes with a delay. The pleasing, slower development was partly due to the less contagious virus itself. It is uncanny to what extent many forecasting models were wrong, especially from Imperial College London, where even for the relaxing of regulations, they were off by a factor of 10. What was important was the advanced cancellation of super-spreader events, sports, concerts, trade fairs, etc., the social distancing and some hygiene, and at least one important, most unexpected influence, which I will get to later. I have to make it a bit exciting. If you look at the infection course curve for almost all European countries, you can see without any complicated calculations that the lockdown may have achieved virtually nothing in addition to social distancing. Surprised? So was I. The infection curve developed similarly in countries in the same climate zone. In Urid, a rapid start, which could be interpreted as exponential at first, soon followed by the peak. Differences in data can often be explained by local organisational shortcomings. In addition to the influences of megacities, the share of single households test capabilities. What they all have in common is that the curve was already flattening out when the lockdowns came into effect and sank before the lockdown could take effect. Lockdown was still plausible when the decision was made, so no reapproach. It takes time for the data to be available. The virus also takes a break in Germany at the weekend. 
since, according to the current knowledge, an incubation period of up to two weeks is normal. Any significant effect of lockdown must therefore incur two weeks later at the latest. However, the number of new cases had already been declining in almost all countries before this, and there is no evidence of this decline speeding up. This does not require any complicated statistical models. This is the German curve. The blue lines show dates of becoming sick. You can see that the peak is already reached at the start of the lockdown, the 17th of March, and the decline is already in full swing when the effects start to set in roughly 14 days later, despite increased testing in the meantime. More tests, more cases. Masks compulsory from the 27th of April, also without any noticeable additional effect. RKA graphs, markings by me. Anyone still threatening with large-scale lockdowns, second wave, has not understood the data or is deliberately using fear in the same way that the media deliberately incorrectly talks about patients when referring to asymptomatic virus carriers. The previous year's death rate also affects the COVID mortality. Countries that had access mortality compared to the long-term average in 2019, i.e. where more people died than usual, have lower mortality rate under COVID and vice versa. Sweden had a below average mortality rate by about 3,000 cases in 2019 to the start of 2020 and slightly excess mortality during corona. The Swedish government has apologised for the initial lack of protection of the elderly. Mistakes in complexity are unavoidable and is exemplary to recognise and name them. Another clue, there are many people who did not have a lockdown. They served us in supermarkets, took care of us and were vital importance elsewhere. Data analysis shows no noticeable accumulation of corona cases compared to the population worldwide. But that would be another necessary proof of the effectiveness of lockdown. Better for our everyday heroes though. Why didn't corona hit us as hard when the lockdown with its restrictions on movement brought little to nothing in addition to social distancing? Now we enter a very interesting observation that are plausible but currently not proven. Even though initial studies are underway, e.g. in Sweden, Germany's most public virologist, Drosten, has already speculated about this in April but had not given it much weight. The corona curves are strikingly similar to those of typical viral diseases. In 1992, a certain Edgar Hope Simpson drew attention to the typical influenza progression curves, the pattern of which differ significantly according to climatic regions. If COVID also shows the same curves, it's very likely that not only the climate plays a role, but how our body in general can deal with viruses and with the virus. With this, we are entering another complex field, immunology. So far, we're only testing for specific antibodies to prove if someone has COVID. And it establishes a low level of contamination of well below 10% and the antibodies are probably not detectable for very long. However, our immune system is extremely complex. It uses T-cells to render invaders harmless, amongst other things. If specific T-cells have successfully fought an intruder, the information remains active for a long time as a reminder and can be quickly activated if necessary. Massively simplified. Many people have encountered other coronaviruses before and their specific T-cells seem to work more at ease with SARS-CoV-2. 
This is one explanation for the many asymptomatic course of the disease. The healthy immune system, which has already adapted to corona, wins. The plausible hypothesis, by some data analysis and immunologists, is that we already had some herd immunisation before corona. The estimates are between 10 to 20%. At the moment, though, there is probably no standardised tests that can be used to test for the specific T-cell defence profile. A preprint study from Sweden shows the first evidence of this exciting hypothesis. If this explanation of the causes of corona proves true, a real second wave becomes very unlikely. Don't forget, the numbers for the first wave are based on relatively few tests. With today's test figures, the first wave would have been dramatically higher. As long as we continue to identify local infection nests in time, corona app, tests, local health authorities, tests at borders, and organise super spreader events better, the herd immunity already achieved could help us protect against exponential courses. Just briefly with regards to Sweden, the special path Sweden took was long cited as proof that the lockdown was necessary. Meanwhile, silence reigns. In Sweden, there was no lockdown. Face masks are not compulsory or recommended, and there is just relaxed social distancing. The mortality rate has been below the long-term average for weeks, without any noticeable increases in the number of people infected. The Swedes do test far less, though. I think the Swedish declaration on herd immunity is still premature at the moment, but we can hope that it proves to be a game-changer. Fingers crossed. At Holotamana. What about the German bone of contention? Masks. I'm all for masks, but I cannot find a single study that proves the relevant effect of simple face masks in real life. However, a lack of proof is of course no proof in ineffectiveness. I am following immunologists who swear by masks and are others who laugh at them. When you hear about a new completed real life study, please do enlighten me. The previous pseudo-correlation of low figures in Asia with the distribution of masks is just being repelled as the figures in Japan are rising rapidly despite masks. Masks could make the course of the disease milder because of lower virus absorption. There are many theories but no data. The effectiveness of lockdown is apparently being repeated in South America. Brazil is the bad boy there and does not want a lockdown. Peru, on the other hand, has strict military-controlled lockdowns with high penalties. The development of death rates is very similar, though, and follows the typical influenza curve of the southern hemisphere, much flatter than the Europe, but longer. If the USA springs to mind now, the USA is a huge country with different climate zones. The states in comparable zones seem to develop similarly, despite different local policies but that has yet to be confirmed. There are many states that are not currently seeing a second wave, especially in the north, including New York. If you're interested in the details about the political failure in the USA, I recommend the entertaining interview with one of the current most sought-after scientists in the USA, Professor Ashishi Jha, and also with Bill Gates who is close to vaccine development and does not expect broad protection through vaccines in wealthy countries until the end of 2021. Why are politicians not much more open about the current development? 
I don't want to speculate for long, but many politicians in power have profited massively from Corona and left the competition trailing behind. The German Chancellor has been reassured. Many a political leader is on an incredible high. If they had to tell the many industries on the brink of collapse, the small businesses and sole traders, that the lockdown had only brought pain, but unfortunately no real benefits, then what? This way, they can continue to represent themselves as doers and caringly treat the wounds with fresh euro notes, but mostly for corporations. With the taxpayers' money, of course. Politicians don't have a skin in the game like other civil servants. In stark contrasts to tourism employees and musicians, I suspect there are legal concerns too. What would happen if there were lawsuits for damages against politicians and also against the scientific institutes whose forecasts turned out to be drastically too high? It's much better to use the self-efficiency bias. Politicians and their scientists in solidarity. And one last point. It has now been established that a weak immune system in particular explains the severe causes of disease in people under 80 years of age, especially metabolic syndrome diabetes, etc. When will politics finally tackle this sensitive issue? Why do we have to bankrupt entire industries because we don't dare address the issue? What we put in our mouth behind the mask is probably of more importance than the mask in front of it. Good nutrition has a huge influence on inflammatory processes in the body and therefore on a resistant immune system. Boris Johnson joked about his corpulence before corona. Now, he has actually set up an action team and wants to ban advertising and have the calorific information printed in restaurants, amongst other things. More voices are finally being raised in obese America. The Greens are starting, albeit currently populist, with a call for advertising bans on burgers. But the problem is actually the vast number of ultra-processed foods on our menu. Super tasty, cheap, convenient with low nutrition density and much too high calorie intake. Now would be the time for the different nutritional philosophies to pull together, at least temporarily. No matter where you yourself stand on the spectrum from vegan to carnivore, as long as you eat more wholesome, less processed foods, you will have done a great deal for your immune system after just a few days. How do you get people to eat less pseudo-food and more real food? Good question. The best way is to try and find out many different methods and monitor them carefully. A little tip to finish. Closed rooms lead to an increased concentration of the virus and therefore allows corona to spread. Winter is not far away with its cold temperatures. Why aren't there any tests using air purifiers with HEPA filters and UV lights? Especially in schools, open plan offices, theatres... This works reliably on planes. I bought good air purifiers for our studio months ago and a few days ago I finally came across an article that even tests a to-do-it-yourself method. It works amazingly well. I hope air purifier manufacturers have an exceptional boom. Stay healthy and look after your immune system. I remain optimistic. Narrated by Emily Linnard Thanks for listening to the Brain Candy Podcast. 